Hi, it's Mark Sisson. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, where we deliver a variety of fresh content to help you live awesome. Enjoy the show. Engage with us online at marksdailyapple.com and on social media, and send your questions to info at primalblueprint.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Primal Blueprint Podcast. Today, we have Brett Lloyd. He is a full-on carnivore, a 59-year-old happily married self-taught musician, social media influencer, and carnivore diet advocate and coach. He ended 40 years of severe depression, anxiety, and insomnia issues eating only animal source protein. He lives in Florida with his carnivore wife, and we're going to hear all about his story. Welcome to the show, Brett. Thank you so much, Elle. It's a pleasure to be here, and I look forward to uh, putting some good out into the world with you. Yeah, so this is really funny. So I discovered Brett first on Instagram, and I was like, who's this guy? He always just had such a good attitude, and he was always posting the, the amazing benefits and, and everything about his carnivore diet, which we now know has just helped and healed so many people. But Brett, 40 years of depression, so let's just start. What was your life? What did it used to be like? What did you grow up eating? Tell us. Let's give it to us from the beginning. How did you start off? El, we, uh, I grew up in a classic standard American diet home. My parents had an enormous vegetable garden. We had fresh vegetables year-round. Uh, every meal you ate that at home, there, it was either picked that day or something mom and dad had canned. And we ate a ton of meat. And we were, like I said, textbook, balanced diet, you know, healthy, 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 so we thought. And out of the four of us, my sister, younger sister, suffers from ulcerative colitis. My father survived prostate cancer and is now, unfortunately, at the end of his journey, suffering from end-stage renal disease due to 20-plus years of type 2 diabetes that he was never told was reversible. And my mom's had uh, some autoimmune issues off and on throughout her life. Uh, and I suffered from 40 plus years of severe depression, anxiety, and insomnia, all from following the directions. Uh, my life was, I, I, with the advantage of hindsight and being well now, I know I started experiencing depression symptoms around the age of 15. Um, from that, from the age of 15 till I was first diagnosed and hospitalized in 1990, I was. Uh, a pleasure chaser. I was always dissatisfied. Uh, was always seeking. If I only had X, life would be better. Well, I'd, I'd acquire X, and then life would still suck. Uh, was very self sabotaging. <laughs> Funny how that works out, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Isn't it interesting? Uh, but I was diagnosed. My life became unmanageable due to depression, and I was I, I checked myself into River Park Hospital in Huntington, West Virginia, in 1990. Uh, was formerly diagnosed with major depression. Um, didn't really get a lot out of that except the knowledge that, yes, I did suffer from mental illness. Um, about five years later, I uh, started experiencing horrible panic attacks. And a physician told me, listen, you need to go on meds or your life's really going to become uncomfortable. So following doctor's orders, I started taking SSRIs, Prozac, which initially, unsurprisingly, helped for a while, but not for very long. Um, after about two or three years, my mood started gradually deteriorating. I would start having these periods of wellness for a few months, and then out of the blue, usually for an inexplicable reason, my mood would just crater. 
Um, I want to describe what depression was like for me because it's always specific to the individual. I was a very angry, depressed person. Uh, the dissatisfaction that I mentioned earlier was just a part of it. I was I was very, very dissatisfied. And underneath that was this dark pit of shadowy sadness that was just relentless. I described being depressed as like, imagine, El, if if you had a 50-pound anvil on your head 24-7. You know, it was there when you woke up, and it just kind of weighing down on you and grinding on you and making everything you do that day harder and more difficult than it needed to be. And it's there, you know, when you go to bed at night, and you know you're going to wake up to the same damn thing. Uh, very frustrating, very disturbing. Uh, 2006, I had a classic textbook nervous breakdown. I didn't sleep due to, there was a familial event. I don't get specific about for privacy reasons. And I, uh, I didn't sleep for six to eight weeks. And uh, when wow. you did you give away all of our secrets? I, that would <laughs> 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 because I, t- I tell you what, if I can never join like special ops, anything, even if I were qualified, because sleep oh. deprivation would ruin it. I'd tell them everything. they need to know. Oh, a- absolutely. <laughs> I, w- I would have given up the Pentagon, the whole nine yards. <laughs> and, you know, one or more, no more than one or two hours of sleep. <laughs> right. My, oh. my, my diagnosis got changed because when you don't sleep, any more than that, very bad things start to happen to you. Uh, I started hearing kids playing in the yard when I was the only one home kind of stuff. And so my diagnosis got uh, altered to uh, major depression with psychotic features. Yay. And uh, they put, So you they got upgraded. Thinking, nice. Yeah. Yeah. No free tickets to, to Six Flags or anything, but I... Uh, they put me on this medication called Remeron that allowed me to sleep for two weeks. And the reason why Remeron was noteworthy, because not just because I got to go to sleep, because I think I gained 25 pounds in that two weeks. So notorious weight gaining medication. And then I went on after that two weeks of rest and sleep. I went on another six week tear of only one to two hours of sleep. And uh, it was getting pretty scary. I uh, They finally put me on this medication uh, called Symbiax, which is a uh, which is Prozac combined with an anti-psychotic medication whose name I can never remember because I couldn't pronounce it very well. Starts with an A. It's all I recall. Uh, that stopped the free fall. The downside of that was I would sleep ten to twelve hours a night and then require one or two two-hour naps during the day. It was kind of a a, a lump uh, with no motivation to do much of anything except not feel like I was going to die. Um, and this, you know, they started throwing other meds at me. I was on Ativan. They put me on Ativan. I was on it for eight and a half years for anxiety. And uh, finally, they they put me on Trazodone, uh, which is another SSRI, but it's used off-label for insomnia. And it put me to sleep. And I woke up with a drug hangover every day for the next eight years. Uh At the end of 2008, I decided, you know, I'm tired of feeling like this, L. This is not any fun. I think I'm at peace with these things that have occurred that upset me so much. Let's start living a little better, happier, higher quality kind of life. And uh, thought I was going to, you know, think myself to wellness. Well, 
I was complaining to my wife that I'd gained so much weight and I didn't like being so heavy. I was, I'm only six foot tall. And by that time I was about, about 250, 255. And she said, well, this Atkins diet, I've heard a lot of good things about. Why don't you look at it? And I just kind of glanced at it. I didn't like give it a real good once over. I was never a nutrition somebody. You know, I was raised, you know, when you're out on your own, you can eat whatever you want when you want. And so that's kind of what I did. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, uh, but I started this Atkins diet. I eliminated starches. I, you know, I cut back on the bread and, and, you know, real food. No, you know, not so much processed garbage. And I got better. I lost weight and my mood improved, but at no time, no time did anybody make a suggestion or a connection that it, my improvement in mood was remotely diet related. Not my doctor, who was also on the Atkins diet at that time, who was sharing uh, snack recipes with me. <laughs> but nobody ever said, hey, it's because you're feeling better because of your diet. I got to go to my 30-year high school reunion that year. I had a great year. I, I got creative again. I'm a musician. I wrote a couple of faith-based albums. I was speaking in churches. Life was pretty good. And then May of 2010, I got this crazy idea, L, that, you know, I'd really like to eat ice cream again. I really miss ice cream. Well, let me let me interject just ask. Did you get off medications at this time? Or are you still no. on some? Okay, so you're still on medication, but you're feeling good. Yeah, I, I'm on. I'm still on Prozac, Ativan, and Trazodone. It was like the the unholy triad. But I was, I was not well. I was not healed, but I was better. I functioned at a higher level. I could be social without being weird. I could interact with other people and not offend the hell out of them <laughs> inside of thirty seconds. And I really had a good year. And there's pictures of me at my 30-year high school reunion. And you tell them, we're, everybody, we're all having a great time. It was a beautiful year. But then I decide I'm going to eat crap again. My thinking was, again, I'm not a nutrition somebody. I'm a guitar player. If I get fat, I can just go back on Atkins. No biggie. So uh, fast forward to July, the middle of July, 2010, I'm at Mass on a Sunday evening. I'm a thankful Catholic convert. Mass is very important to me. And in the middle of Mass, I get this prescient, not a panic attack, but just this overall red alert thought feeling that if I don't get out of here right now, something very bad is going to happen to me. And uh, very atypical for me, I ran out of that church, literally, and 15 minutes later, I'm curled up on my couch, yell, bawling like a baby, and I don't have a clue why. Mm. And so this is July 2015, from July 2015 to January, excuse me, July of 2010 through January of 2015 was just a a horrible merry-go-round of different med combinations, a, a deteriorating mental aspect. I became so sick, I couldn't accurately perceive my environment. My wife would say, you know, it's a beautiful morning. It's going to be a great day. And I would, you know, my illness would hear, would twist that, nudge it and alter it. To where I heard, with all sincerity, I heard, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be another beautiful day. And I love my wife. 
And I would hear that. And I'm like, honey, what's wrong? What do you mean? And she would look at me like, I, huh? What, I just told you, I think it's going to be a beautiful day. You're not making any sense. And this created an enormous amount of tension at home. And I, I tell people all the time, if somebody's earned their place in heaven, it's my wife for sticking with me because I was extremely difficult to live with. She couldn't communicate with me. I couldn't make her understand what I was trying to convey, how I was feeling. She would try to deal with me as if I was a rational person. And it was just, it just was always grinding at us constantly. The tension, the angry words, horrible things said and frustration. It was just a miserable existence. To January 2015, I weighed 289 pounds. My, the last psychiatrist I'll ever see, L, not named Georgia Ede or Dr. Saladino, told me that I should seriously consider electroshock therapy and or a long-term hospitalization. And uh, believe it or not, in my 20s, I worked in the mental health field. And I had seen patients 30 minutes after the so-called treatment, electroshock therapy. And I knew I, I knew I wanted no part of that. You know, you want to run the, that much no electricity. Thanks, yeah. Yeah, uh-uh. And my concern with the long-term hospitalization was, was a very genuine fear that if I went, I did that, I might never come out because I'd seen it happen before. And uh, I, while I never actively wanted to end my life, suicidal ideation was working its way in. Depression is very insidious. It was always the thought would hit me, you know, well, if you were going to do it, how would you do it? I don't want to think about this. I, you know, I, I'm a Catholic. I got sincere beliefs about suicide. I want no part of that. That's extremely selfish. It would be horrible for my wife. No, no, no. Well, no, we're not going to do it. But if we were going to do it, how would you do it? And I knew if I uttered one word of that, I, my ability to make decisions for myself would probably be instantly taken away from me. So that's January I'm at in January of 2015. Uh, I have to mention this lady. Without her, <laughs> I'm not on this side of the grass in 2020. A uh, lady I, I'm working on a music project with, she answered a Craigslist ad, and she's I'm barely able to function. I am able to write and record music, sort of, kind of. And she's observing me, and she's very concerned and worried about me. And one day she says, have you ever tried or thought about medical cannabis, medical marijuana? <laughs> and as a musician, you know, it was always around, but I had a bad experience with it when I was young. And it just wasn't for me, and beer was legal, and, and so it just wasn't my deal. And, you know, band rehearsals, gigs, and whatnot, I'm the guy, the non-user, just passing left, passing right as it comes around. But I did some research and saw some anecdotal evidence, of YouTube videos and whatnot, of people getting cis symptom relief. And my wife and I talked about it, and hell, we were like, at this point, what do we have to lose? I took my meds compliantly for over 20 years. I followed my doctor's directions. I knew from my own past work experience that one of the greatest reasons for chronic rehospitalization was a lack of taking your meds. I didn't want to be that guy, so I wasn't. I, I, I did the workbooks. I went to therapy, and I just got worse. There wasn't 
anything left to try that we could see. So we secured four grams of, of flour, and my wife looked up a can of butter recipe, and she made these little cookies, these little oatmeal raisin cookies without sugar in them. I guess you could say they were keto cookies. <laughs> the best kind of keto cookies. Yeah, exactly. And, and I was terrified of these things because of the bad experience I had when I was young. So I broke one in half, and I ate it. And like 15 minutes later, I wasn't high. I just felt like a thousand suns had lifted off of me. I just stopped feeling like crap for the first time in years. And then like 30 or 45 minutes later, the high kicked in. And I learned that for whatever reason, cannabis successfully treated my symptoms. It mellowed my mood. The anxiety just melted away. I could sleep at night. It was incredible and completely unexpected. My wife comes home that first day and she's expecting the usual, you know, Captain Happy, <laughs> Mr. Happy and, and all of his joyful fun and games. And instead, she walks through the door and I'm smiling and I'm, I'm almost making sense. I'm like, it works. It works. And, you know, we're happy and thrilled that it became a daily part of my regimen, you know, a half a cookie uh, or a cookie, depending on how I was feeling. And, I, you know, I wasn't actively nuts for that period of time. And like 10 days into it, Ella, I'm putting my shoes on and my belly's in the way. I realize my belly is in the way. And that's like sending red alert. Claxons are going off in my head. Your belly's in the way. That's not good. And I go and I look in the mirror and I see myself accurately for the first time in, you know, who knows how many years. And I look like, you know, <laughs> I look like a heart attack and or stroke that just waiting to happen. Uh, my complexion's horrible. I, I look like my head's going to explode. My face is fat and obese. I just screaming unhealth, unhealthiness. And I told my wife, I said, I, I, I got to go on Atkins tonight. This I, I'm, 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 I could fall over from a heart attack at any time looking like this, being this heavy, all those years of medication and, and, and sedentary lifestyle. Cause you know, when you eat up with depression, that bad, you don't feel like doing anything. And even if it's good for you, your brain, your thoughts are always working against you, not in your favor. You know, everything I saw, heard, and felt was affected by the illness. But I saw how big I was, and I, I committed. I'm like, I can't live. I, I won't live if I don't do something. And so I started the Atkins diet as imperfectly as I understood it that night, and I started walking the dog, like a half a block here, a half a block there. That turned into two blocks, into four blocks. Well, how far am I walking? Got a GPS program so I could figure out how far it was, a half a mile from my door. And all over three years, three and a half years, I walked off 94 pounds, low carb. As I understood, it was, uh, it was, there was too much sweets in my low carb for one year. <laughs> 2016 was the year of the great white white chocolate binge. Uh, <laughs> Haven't we all had a year like that? <laughs> uh, white chocolate became a, a, available and, and afford, very affordable, and I tried to eat all there was in Duval County, Florida. 
but by the end of 2015, because of the, with the help of the cannabis, I was off the SSRIs, the antipsychotics. Uh, by the end of 2016, I titrated successfully off the Ativan, although that was very troublesome. The day after my last dose, I woke up with vertigo. I had to deal with vertigo for three months. I know it was because of the Ativan withdrawal. And then uh, by the end of 2017, I was off the Trazodone, and and I have been pharmaceutically free since. But cannabis treated my symptoms. It did not cure anything. I learned very quickly when I had to go out of town and cannabis wasn't available and or legal in that state that I was traveling to that – I could go about three or four days before I would literally start to disintegrate. Mm -hmm. And uh, then it would take about six weeks for me to get what I called at that time my sense of calm back. So fast forward to May of 2018, the same lady who told me about cannabis sends me a message that says, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, you've got to watch every video ever made by this man named Dr. Jordan Peterson. And I became a fan. And part of my part of my 420 medication routine was looking up new Jordan Peterson videos. Right on. Watching some and of those, vaping it I, out. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And I happened to come across this half hour cutout from uh, an episode he did on Joe Rogan, where he describes how his daughter, through her experimentation, Michaela, bless her heart, figured out that if she only ate beef, salt, and water, her depression symptoms and her arthritis symptoms would go into remission. I didn't know she was sick. I definitely didn't know he was sick, which boggles my mind even more that he functioned at such a high level as mentally ill. To me, to this day, is still mind-boggling. But nevertheless, he told me that it was possible, L. That to heal yourself by just eating meat, salt, and water. Now, if this is anybody but Jordan Peterson, a man I believe has incredible integrity, you know, he promotes honesty and personal responsibility, and I admire him to no end for that. If it's anybody but him, you know, I've, I've changed the channel. I'm off to something else. This is crazy. <laughs> just eat meat. That's nuts. This is Jordan Peterson, and I can't. My wife comes home and I said, watch this with me. I want to make sure I'm hearing what he's saying. Oh, yeah, that's what he's saying. So I started investigating further, and and then I come across Dr. Sean Baker on Joe Rogan. And I must have watched the dietary portion of that 50 times because, again, you know, there's Air Force combat surgeon. They just don't let anyone do that. You've got to be an extraordinarily well put together human being to even be considered for it. And here he is telling me that I he knows of many people who've healed themselves of all sorts of ailments just eating meat. And then I find, bless her heart, I'm going to get to to hug her and thank her in May at the Carnivore Conference. I find Amber O'Hearn giving a talk in 2017 at Keto Fest about how, as a species, we literally came down out of the trees because we ate meat. And she explained this in a way that, that this guitar player could comp- comprehend. You know, I, I didn't know I had to seek him. I didn't know what it's, you know. But I had enough pieces of the puzzle to where I've got to do this. And so July 16th, 2018, I started eating an animal source foods only diet. 
the first couple of weeks was eggs, steak, and bacon. And then after that, after a couple of weeks, I kicked the eggs to the curb. And steak and bacon, fish and bacon, there was always something in bacon. And, uh, <laughs> I I <laughs> I love your Instagram for the fact that I'm always seeing beautiful <laughs> photos of bacon and you holding up huge monstrosity <laughs> packages of bacon right on. It, it, it's it. I would love one thing I've, I marvel at with this L and I'll, I'll interrupt my story for just one second to say I want to know why all these things work for me? Why does cannabis work for me? And it boggles my mind. There's not a line of researchers at the door, not just the cannabis, but the me, the whole thing. Why is it there a line of people at my door to take my blood to find out why this happened? Why, why all these things take place? But anyway, tangent ended. Uh, 10 days into carnivore, I wake up. I, I don't have joint pain for the first time as an adult. And Amazing. I never had been diagnosed. Or and, and by the way, give your age at that time. I was 57. That's right. Amazing. And, and I, you know, I, I'd never been diagnosed with arthritis or anything, but I had, I'd fallen down and gone boom a few times over the years. Uh, you know, performing at gigs. I was a guy who would, you know, run around the club and jump up on tables during guitar solos, you know, entertainment type stuff. And sometimes those tables gave way. And you gave up your body to protect your instrument and to keep performing. <laughs> you know, fall down. The show things must go, go on, player. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and uh, so I had a lot of aches and pains, but, you know, I was ambulatory. Things mostly worked. I didn't think that much of it. So when I woke up without joint pain, it was like almost a religious experience. I was taking two-mile walks, then I'm skipping down the sidewalk like a little boy giggling. Because it feels good and it doesn't hurt. Meanwhile, it's like, I'm like, cut to your wife is like by herself in the bathroom, like, thank God, Lord Jesus, praise me. (laughs) She's like, finally, my husband, finally. She, 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 uh, she'll have to tell you that because her, her, her experience of watching me is not what I observed her or thought it was. I've come to find out. Because she didn't really believe any of it was happening, <laughs> except for the fact that my skin was healing, my skin was improving, and that caught her eye. But, you know, after, on the 24th day, I'm taking the walk, and it's hard not for me to get emotional about this, because it's just the most beautifully profound thing I may ever experience in my life. I'm just walking along. My mood's good, but I'm I'm paranoid. You know, you got to make sure. Don't placebo yourself. Don't just set yourself up to think you're better when you're not. But it was like something. Somebody. It was like somebody's just flipped a switch inside of me. And all that rage and all that anger and frustration that 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 inability to perceive things that the. the, the Whatever it was that kept getting in my way of being the person I always wanted to be and needed to be, it just all went away. And it was replaced by this beautiful waterfall of happiness and joy that just kind of washed over and filled me to the brim. And it hasn't left me since. It hasn't left me one day 
Yeah, how many days 16. has it been? Today, <laughs> today is day 602 of just eating meat and drinking water. And that's why I, I, I do these, I, I share my experience. It's not because the trip down memory lane is much fun, because it's not in a lot of cases, because I said a lot of awful things to people that, that I, I regret immensely. I was not a very good person while I was sick. I hated all of that, but I'm free of it. And I do this to let people know you're not broken. You don't have to suffer anymore. You're not some genetic defect or mishap. You were just taught to put consume toxins as if it was good for you. And it's not. And it's healable. And I thank you so much for the chance to share that. Such an amazing story. And you are so articulate and eloquent how you go take us through that journey all those years what's suffering uh and i want to just drop out here i interviewed holly perkins she was on antidepressants since she was 11 she gets to in her 40s she never thinks about it discovers that she's got a gluten and dairy intolerance and she gets off all medication you know with her and i'm assuming with you one of the hardest things in these scenarios is the story that has been imprinted on you and self-fulfilled through doctors and the whole process of like, this is me. I'm broken. Something's just wrong with me. I don't think right. I'm not right. You know what I mean? And, and to be free of that, it does. It's, it's a tearjerker moment. No matter how many times you look back on it, that contrast, I can only imagine how amazing your life is now. We can hear it in your voice because <laughs> you had and went through such hell. I also want to ask you this, cause you talked about <clears throat> being a man of faith. So, Real tough to have faith and, you know, when you're depressed. I'm assuming you have gotten so much more out of your faith since you, you've been clear. Oh, my goodness. It, it's, it's made me appreciate my, my church, my, my, my faith, the, the whole no, the prayer has a value now for me that's just, it's, it's priceless. Um, what about the people around you? What about the community and people that knew you before? First of all, I'd love to hear, if you don't mind sharing, were you able to, to some degree, because uh, you know you expressed some regrets about how you might have treated people. Did you go through a process of any amends, you know, uh, with anyone after that? Because, um, you know, I know even like when I had hypothyroidism and I was sick and I was depressed too, um, you know, you're not a lot of fun to be around, right? And um you're snippy and snappy and, you know, it's just, you're not a fun person. And I get what that's like. And I kind of afterwards, you know, kind of explain like, Hey, here's what was going on with me. And, uh, that's why, I mean, not to excuse it, right. But to tr sort of be sure. like, Hey, this is what was going on with me. So I'd love to hear a little bit about, you know, your community's reaction to, cause how can you deny it? How can you deny that bacon has changed your life? <laughs> um, and that it's your antidepressant. And then also on the other hand, what were the, some of the relationship repairs and things in that arena? I'd love to hear some of that. Well, I, I, you know, I initially, you know, I apologized to my wife profoundly for, and thanked her profoundly from the bottom of my soul for, for enduring and keeping to her vows when, I mean, I was a hard person to be around, and, and she never knew what to expect from me. I'll never forget, it was a couple of months into the cannabis part of the story, and uh, I walked up to her desk to tell her something, and she flinched. And I'm like, ooh, there's a learned behavior response if I ever saw one. And uh, 
so first, you know, it was just assuring her that, that I would never, ever do anything to put my health in jeopardy. And because she didn't deserve to suffer anymore either. Um, and then there were people along the way that I had to, uh, had to thank for their prayers when I, after I had been verbally abusive to at times, uh, had to apologize to my kids because I was raising children while I was sick. So, you know, God bless them. Um, (laughs) they've had their own issues, some mostly indirectly as a result of my raising them, but, uh, some of it's genetic and of course their diet. Um, so it's, it's not been a lot of fun, but it needed to be done. And I've done so where it was appropriate to do so. Nice. Uh, not everybody was interested. And so I didn't try to force it on them. A lot of people still don't believe that I'm really as well as I am, even after almost 20 months. Um, because as my wife, <laughs> she said, well, you know, he said a lot of crazy things for a long time. Right. I mean, you know, you built up a reputation, brother. <laughs> you know, and, uh, I was the type of person that, uh, I didn't, if I meant I burnt a lifelong bridge at, to get my point across. Well, I would do that at that time when I was ill, because that seemed like so that's the word, another horrible thing about depression. What you think is normal is abnormal, but you're unaware of it. Right. So I would make these decisions which seemed perfectly reasonable and logical that were just looney tunes. But, of course, at the time, it just all made perfect sense. And I could give you 100 reasons why I was right and you were wrong. And uh, so those were some hard apologies to make, but, uh, you know, and then a lot of people, like I said, they, they don't believe that it's real. They, they didn't believe when, when I got a little better on cannabis and you know, that's, that's on them. I, I, I've, I've offered everything I can offer. <laughs> Some people just aren't willing to accept it. Sometimes it's because of cognitive dissonance, you know, they just don't want to, they're not interested. Life goes on. What about your wife? She became carnivore for what reason? Just thought saw the improvements in you, and I mean, tell us about her journey a little bit there. Okay, she uh, she originally got low carb because I lost enough weight to where suddenly I she was no longer the skinniest person in the house, <laughs> and she would tell you, you know, she said this more times than I can count. If I don't eat pasta, I'll die. I'll starve. Because she ate pasta four or five times a week. She loved it. Well, she loved the stuff that she put on the pasta, she'll tell you now. But uh, she she loved her carbs, and she thought she was eating healthy. She didn't think that her health was any in any bad place, except she came down. She was diagnosed with uh, osteoarthritis in her shoulders uh, a few months before that, actually a year before that. And uh, she's a screen printer. That repetitive motion was causing her great pain and discomfort. And she was basically living off of pain pills and, and 800 milligram ibuprofen. And so she went low carb, started walking with me. She lost a little bit of weight. She was shocked at how fast it went off. But she started noticing my first 30 days on carnivore that my skin cleared up. I had a horrible uh 
peeling scalp, the dry, my elbows had a ton of eczema and they were horribly dry. My heels and ankles were cracked and dried. I had skin tags all over the place. And in the first 30 days of carnivore, my elbows and <laughs> ankles and heels, they, they, they cleared up almost immediately. Most of the skin wow. tags fell off. A couple of them have hung around. So she's watching this and she's like, well, I want to do this. But she cheated. You know, I made a big deal about, OK, this is my day one. This is my day. Well, she kind of slid into it. And I'm like, when are you going to finally decide whether you're going to do this or not? Well, what else do I have to give up, honey? And <laughs> she'd been zero carb for a couple of weeks and I hadn't even noticed because I had been taught what's on someone else's plate is none of my business. And uh, so with regards to this way of eating, and so I wasn't paying attention to what she was eating. I was focused on just eating meat and drinking water and healing. But uh, she healed her arthritis in less than two, in less than six weeks in her shoulders. It just went away completely. Yep. And I mean, that's, those are the stories we hear. I mean, even just for some people going paleo grain free can do it. And then if they have to go further, but it is just miraculous. Some of the, uh, the healing stories and how seemingly spontaneous in the grand scheme of one's life it is. I mean, spontaneous is overnight usually, but I mean, still six weeks with years of pain for something. It's amazing. And she had eczema all of her life, pretty much. Uh, she would have, <laughs> I got to say this right or I'll get corrected later because, <laughs> you know, husbands, wives, our lives are immeasurably better. But sometimes we disagree. But she, uh, <laughs> she, had, she, had this, she had this place on her leg. She says it was eczema, whatever it was. She, you know, they put, gave her every kind of cream in the world. It was on her for 20 years. It went away like in the first month. Yeah, and that kind of makes me, I mean, I guess it might, to both of you, if you both had eczema, I mean, it could have been, again, you both had some autoimmune sparking going on that carnivore just completely resolved. I agree completely. It's a beautiful thing. And, And my skin continues. I mean, people are constantly telling me, I know my skin is healthier than it was. Even dumb old me can see that looking at the before and after pictures. But as I'm living it, I don't see, you know, I don't look in the mirror and go, oh, you've got healthy looking skin. It's just not something that I observe, even though I feel good and I know I look pretty good. But I have people constantly telling you, you're aging backwards. You're aging backwards. That's my story, Brett. I keep telling everyone that. Too. I keep telling them about myself. I'm just like, I'm aging backwards. That's my decision. That's exactly what I'm doing. But you are. And if you go, if everybody, I mean, we'll put everything in the show notes to connect with you. But Go to Instagram, everybody, and check out thankful.carnivore and look at some of the before and afters. It's unbelievable how youthful and how energized you just see the brightness in your eyes. Oh, my gosh. It's really a wonderful I, – I, Danielle and I describe it as we're finally at the happy part of our story. And it's genuine. I mean, I, I feel this good every day. I have unlimited energy. There's no spikes I can go stand on my feet and do a manual labor, repetitive motion job for eight hours, come home and sit for about 20 minutes in my chair. And I'm, you know, let's have an active evening. You know, I'm not a slug just waiting to go to bed. I've got energy and my wife's the same way. And it's improved every aspect of my life. It's improved every aspect of her life. It's improved everything every aspect of our marriage. 
I mean, she's 61, I'm 59. We're both hormonally balanced. Our libidos are like when we were 20. So awesome. And think about how many more years you have to now finally, like, be happy. Oh, exactly. And not only knowing what we know now, we used to both talk about getting older, and it didn't look very appetizing because you see, you know, people getting obese and, uh, you know, unable to move around. And heaven forbid, if you break a hip, that's like an instant death sentence. It, it, but now we're confident, knowing what we know, that if we can stay injury-free, we can live into our 70s and 80s and have active lives, not just be existing, managing symptoms, trying to survive to the next doctor's visit. We're talking about living. And, and we're, we have a future that we never imagined possible. It's just so amazing. Uh, your story is so incredible. It's so wonderful that you're sharing it with everybody and you're putting yourself out there and sharing it with the world. Um, have you? Have, has anyone in your sphere of people that you know attempted anything close to carnivore as a result of you and your wife's success? Or are they just has, has no one been moved yet quite to act? Oh, people being moved is why what motivated me to to become the advocate that I've become. Uh, two months into my experience, uh, somebody I grew up with back in West Virginia uh, messaged me. They were observing what I was saying because initially I just talked about what I was doing on Facebook. And uh, she suffered from primary progressive multiple sclerosis. Uh, she was in her early 60s at the time. Her doctor told her that she could count on spending most of the rest of her life in a wheelchair. She had all the horrible symptoms, the falling, the, you know, the ringing in, endless ringing in the ears and all these other horrible, horrible symptoms associated with multiple sclerosis. And she was terrified. And she just begged me, tell me what you're doing. Just tell me what you're doing and how to do it. I want to try it. And uh, I hooked her up with the zeroing in on health group, which is where I learned how to do this way of eating. Uh, on Facebook. I highly recommend them because they keep it simple. And uh, six weeks later, she fired her neurologist because she was symptom-free. That is amazing. And also, I just want to, that you brought up MS, aside from Terry Walls, there is Palmer Kippola who wrote a book called Beat Autoimmune and, and went through a 20-year journey where she also, through food you know, and functional type of approaches, cured her MS as well. And I know people have done it with rheumatoid arthritis as well, eczema, as we know, so many other conditions. That's incredible. That is so incredible to be able to influence people through, again, just, you know, you are being you, you're doing this and someone sees this journey and now they're inspired and they move on. Can you tell us the name of that Facebook group again, though? Because I don't think I caught that. Zeroing in on health. Zeroing in on health. Okay, good. And tell us, Brett, how can we connect with you? I mean, we're going to put everything we can in the show notes, but how can we connect with you? What if there's someone out there that's like, I want to try this. I want to talk to you. Do you, do you work with people? Do you coach people? You just kind of on social media, putting out information, give us a little rundown on how we can connect with you. Okay. I, I do. I do coach people through Dr. Sean Baker's meetrx.com website. Um, I am a certified coach there. Um, I had to undergo some significant training and pass a very serious hundred question exam. It's not just one of those where you you give a bunch of money up front and you're given a certificate and win your coach. You actually have to earn the privilege. Uh, but people can reach out to me there. You can also reach out to me on Instagram at thankful.carnivore. 
I I answer every message that comes to me. Don't don't worry about DMing me. I, I don't mind that. And uh, I'll I'll try to my best to, if nothing else, point you in a direction that I think you might be might benefit from. Because I want people to know. People need to know you don't have to suffer. Stop consuming toxins. Just consume human absorbable nutrition. And your body is capable of healing just about anything on its timetable. I love it so much. Such a great story, Brett. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing it with us. And uh, I look forward to continuing uh, watching your journey. Thank you so much, Elle. It's been a real pleasure. And I appreciate the great work that you're doing. And let's just all keep putting as much good out into the world as we possibly can. Well said. All right, everybody. We'll see you next week. Hey, Primal Blueprint listeners, no dairy in your life? No problem. Primal Kitchen has you covered with our no dairy vodka sauce made from avocado oil and organic cashew butter so you can ditch the dairy and keep the decadent taste you love. Made without gluten, soy, canola oil, or artificial ingredients, this vegan plant-based sauce is paleo certified. Visit us at primalkitchen.com for more real food options, from dairy-free Alfredo sauce to tomato basil marinara and a whole host of other delicious products the entire family will love. Hi folks, Mark Sisson here. If you found your way to the Primal Path and want to help others live primally too, then visit primalhealthcoach.com to learn how you can join our mission to help 100 million people reclaim their health and how you can turn your passion for wellness into a profitable health coaching career that you love. The world needs health coaches. The world needs you. So visit primalhealthcoach.com today to learn more.